0: The theme for Weapon Africa is achieving inclusive growth, as Oliver mentioned. Responsive and responsible leadership for the multinational software corporation SAP. Using technology to foster inclusive growth is crucial. To discuss this further, we're joined by the Director of Government Relations and Cooperative Social Responsibility at South Africa, Sunil Ganesh, who is the President of the Information Technology and Association of South Africa. Sunil, thanks so much for your time on the program this afternoon.
1: Thanks for having me, Professor
0: Sunil, so help us understand and unpack for us, how can technology really be used to foster inclusive growth?
1: Absolutely. So we first need to look at what a lay term is of inclusive growth, because Mm -hmm. the term that's been branded around here since people have arrived. Yes. Essentially, inclusive growth is about enabling the entire populace of the globe to be participative in the global economy as much as that may be utopian at this point in time. There are obviously certain steps that need to be undertaken to accelerate this process so that people who are are part of the so-called bottom of the pyramid are participating in the digital economy. And uh, in doing that, uh, technology is critical. Today, uh, the world runs on a digital economy. Um, Digital transformation from governments to private sector to NGOs is critical. On the African continent, we need to ensure that the youth are skilled be able to be uh employable in these new communities or what we call our new reality Mm -hmm. and i think that is where uh companies like sap uh, a software giant in the world uh does some tremendous work yes typically uh, you know from a young age working with children in terms of teaching them coding exercises or taking them to coding exercises and bringing them into the digital economy Mm -hmm. through the Africa Code Week Mm -hmm. program that we've been able to put in place uh, last year which touched some uh, 30 countries and almost half a million uh, youth were trained in coding. But today we have another problem which is quite critical and that's the whole migrant problem because that is affecting every nation in the world in some way or the other. Mm -hmm. And we've experienced that in Southern Africa as well. We know that, yeah. So if migrants come into the economy and they're not part of the economy, then they may find innovative ways to uh, have a livelihood. And I think... And that's living. A, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's why SCP globally is doing something brilliant with the Refugee code Week, mm-hmm. uh, which kicked off uh, as, as a result of the migration that took place in recent times. Mm-hmm. Last year, we were able to train in some refugee camps across uh, the world, in Europe in particular, almost 10,000 people. Mm. And ultimately, the end result of that is they're able to become employable and... Uh, Go into a job uh, program where they actually are able to earn some money. Into mm-hmm. this.
0: Uh, Sun, if I could just uh, comment there with a question, Sunil, there's often an argument that even in rural areas of Africa where people face developmental challenges, and you spoke of them just now, they still have a cell phone. What does that say about the potential technology to really uplift communities, especially those rural communities?
1: cannot agree with you more. And that is where we are doing some very integral work with a a, a rural uh, resourcing um, application that Mm -hmm. we've developed, which enables uh, small holding farmers to be put in touch through a mobile application that has been developed Mm -hmm. with bigger corporates and suppliers. So essentially what we're doing is we are connecting them to a procurement uh, center as such, the goods and services that they create in those rural areas, which is largely agrarian across Africa, then mm-hmm. can then be consumed both on the African market perspective and, and on a global perspective as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the one aspect, if you look at Africa as a, a, an agrarian economy. The other aspect is young children who take up coding or get into the whole ideology of coding. Even if they are living in rural areas, they are able to develop applications which can be procured in a global central procurement mm-hmm. and thereby get be living in really the bundus of Africa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Last night I was at uh, a talk and um, somebody mentioned that... Um, in uh, Cameroon, one of Google's top entrepreneurs actually uh, developed his uh, capabilities when the internet was cut off and came up with a solution. So, wow. the youth are there, the vibrancy is there, they're able to create this platform. And
0: ideas are there.
1: Ideas are certainly there. Mm-hmm. What we need to ensure is that we need more young people coming into these kind of discussions. WEF should not be dominated just by people who have tons and tons of experience. We need a lot of the youth. Already
0: are. in the industry.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this year is going to create a vibrancy and ensure that the skills components that are required for the globe and particularly in South Africa Mm -hmm. are met.
0: Sunil, a short while ago you attended the Global Shapers Community um, Durban Hub, which took place in the sidelines of West Africa. Tell us about some of the discussions that took place there.
1: Well, the Global Shapers, as uh, you would know, are are, are individuals who operate uh, on a very high level in terms of social enterprises, in terms of community projects, etc., that they're involved in. And fear what they've done is they've created this opportunity for like-minded people or different-minded people to get together. Essentially, corporates and government, they can reach certain parts of the communities. But the Global Shapers are actually working in deep rural communities across Mm -hmm. Africa. Some of the things that they are doing Uh, are highly innovative, uh, you know, creating uh, sort of uh, hubs for innovators. Mm -hmm. In other cases, they are tackling issues of uh, poverty through uh, job creation, through the agrarian reforms. The discussion is very vibrant. Uh, I think what needs to happen and what has been missing is for somebody to monitor and track these discussions and what happens into the future. Mm -hmm. We must have something between the WEF, the next WEF, and divorce now, and divorce, and what happens in the next wave in Africa? Mm. Otherwise, we remain a talk show.
0: Exactly, and that's I think um, WEF being just a talk shop has has come out uh, in talks. How much of um, action are we really going to take from WEF in Africa? I mean, is it just a conference that's going to bring delegates together, spend money, and and talk about what we can do, but not actually do it?
1: Look, uh, I think a lot of the corporates that are here, they're using this as a platform to engage and demonstrate what they're actually doing. They really mean good. Um, uh, It's very clear from the discussions that I've had in the sidelines last night, Mm -hmm. earlier this morning as well. Government is serious about this as well. We are in a very difficult world currently. Mm -hmm. If you take some of the political changes that are happening in global forces around the world, if you take migration, if you take the food challenge that we uh, are experiencing, The world cannot stand by and watch this happening without taking action. So, in my belief, the WEF Africa will come out with some results. Yes, there will be deals signed on the on the, on the sidelines of WEF, which is typical in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the greater good of Africa, and particularly South Africa, because we are uh, South Africans at heart. Of course, it's in my hometown as well. Mm-hmm. We want to see what the legacy of WEF Africa is here in Durban, mm-hmm. Because the next WEF, I understand, may take place in Mauritius. That's mm-hmm. not confirmed as yet. Mm-hmm. But th- we'll be measured by that. Let's
0: just take that point uh, forward how it will benefit South Africans. There's a concern that discussions at WF Africa are not really going to benefit South Africans per se, particularly those who are unemployed and those who are worried about the impact of credit downgrades. How do you respond to such concerns and how would you allay their fears per se?
1: Well, if we look at credit downgrades, it's uh, basically based on uh, aggregated information and it's based on sentiment as well. Mm The idea of the layperson on the ground benefiting from these discussions is they, I know that the South African government has a very senior delegation. They cannot speak on behalf of government. They have a very senior delegation, including mm-hmm. President Zuma, that's here, who will undertake a very high-level discussions uh, with the likes of ratings agencies. Um, the BRICS uh, Business Council itself, uh, we have representatives from South Africa's major uh, commercial partners around the world. So this is being used as an opportunity in one place to woo the international community that South Africa the wheels have not come off we know this we're here we're sitting in Durban uh, this could be anywhere we could have been in Geneva we could have been in the US or in Australia Mm -hmm. you'd have the same experience and uh, ultimately the lobbying and advocacy work that's done by our leaders public private and the uh, social entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. is going to be critical in the medium to long term because perception is reality what is perceived will be the reality and South Africa Will bounce back. Mm-hmm. This uh, we've seen. Companies are still investing. There's hardly been any divestment in South Africa with the current situation, and we will come out of the cycle. We we have to be positive bring an event like Web uh, to Durban in itself there's job opportunity I see a lot of young people walking around here mm-hmm. clearly there's five to eight days of work that's been created mm-hmm. there's a legacy that shows that bringing a conference like this adds something between five and ten thousand per room delegates per night so if mm-hmm. you calculate we have almost 1,100 people excluding staff that gives you a substantial number on its own mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I think the person on the ground will benefit from this from the high level discussions taking place the truthfulness there are a lot of people that I heard where who are highly transparent. They're not afraid to call a spade a spade. And this is how it should be. We're not living in a world where we're going to walk on eggshells as such. Mm-hmm. We need to address the key issues head on. And you know, uh, some of us have a little more grey hair than others, right? So we can do this after a period of time. Whilst being constructive, that's that's a critical thing. Durban, uh, you know, it's. It, I see that Durban was just voted as one of the top uh, South African cities. Yes. Uh, reading that in a magazine, mm-hmm. um, you know, it has a lot to offer. I've seen a number of delegates walking uh, on the streets. The safety is uh, pretty high. All of that adds to the imagery of the country and the creates a goodwill uh, of the city. And uh, together with the mayor and uh, the uh, MEC for uh, uh, Economic Development, we are seeing a very strong message coming out from the collective South African delegation that's here at well.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was the Director of Government Relations and Corporate Social Responsibility at SAP Africa, Sunil Ganesh, who is the President of the Information Technology Association of South Africa, joining us live at our studios here at ICC. Thank you so much for your time, Sunil. Much You're appreciated. Welcome.